Episode 60, Mark Schulman. Welcome to Gut Plus Science. Analytics about people. Insights for executives. Truth you can act on. A high-energy, fast-paced, results-oriented exchange featuring employee engagement evangelist and CEO, your host, Nikki Llewellyn. Hey, it's Nikki, back on Gut Plus Science, and I am so pumped for this episode today. Actually, me being pumped or excited is an understatement. This spring, I got the opportunity to meet a rock star, and he just so happens to be the lead drummer for my favorite performer and singer, Pink. I had no clue when I ecstatically went backstage with my best friend after Pink's show in the spring that Mark would be the host of our group, and I would learn how passionate this guy is for leadership and personal growth and high energy. So I started to become obsessed. I'm like, who is he? Started following him online and see him crushing the stage as a keynote for Fortune 500 companies and writing books on leadership and playing music all night long with my favorite pink. I'm like, what? So I reached out to him and I am just so grateful that he was actually excited to be on Gut Plus Science. And this episode is awesome. So we're going to get right to it. I have literally been counting down the days for this show. I'm not kidding. Today, we have Mark Schulman, world-class drummer, currently on tour with my favorite, Pink, and has been working alongside her for 13 years. Other amazing teams he's worked on include Foreigner, Cher, Billy Idol, Velvet Revolver, Stevie Nicks, and many others. I got the opportunity to go backstage on Pink's current tour and learned how passionate Mark is for leadership and inspiring people to live richer, more energetic, and high-performing lives lives. The moment he jumps off tour, he's spending time writing another book or speaking to corporate audiences, many of which are Fortune 500. So let me stop talking and let's get right to it. Mark, welcome to the show. First up, what in the heck is the secret to unlocking maximum energy consistently? Because I'm pretty sure you are the poster child. (laughs) Oh, thank you so much. Uh, Pink uh, has given me a a nickname of Disneyland, the happiest place on earth. Uh, Love it. Because I feel like my my position in her business is to be is to present light and to present energy, and even when I give my keynote speeches, I am highly energetic because I think that energy moves people and people learn in you know they're oral learners, they're visual learners, they're kinetic learners. I try to combine all all of this type of learning, and I will say the absolute key, the foundation to success is attitude. And I know a lot of people hear that and go, oh my God, what's this guy talking about? Attitude, schmattitude. I've been hearing about that my whole damn life. I will explain to you why I believe attitude is the ultimate power. Because we know we can't control what happens to us. Sometimes we can't. Most of the time we can't. But we always have the power to choose, decide, and create our attitude about what happens to us. Now, think about the implication of that. So you could be having a bad day, a bad week, a bad quarter. It's the way you look at it. Your attitude is your point of view. Your point of view is where you're looking from. Where you're looking from determines what you see. So if you shift your attitude, it gives you enormous power, but it gets even better because Simply shifting your attitude is only the start because your attitude is actually what drives your behavior. And one attitude can drive many behaviors. And these behaviors are what determine the consequences of your life. 
And one behavior can drive many consequences. So it really is about creating and choosing your attitude wisely. This is a concept that I'm working on the next book with one of the most brilliant thinkers on the planet, Dr. Jim Samuels. And it's A times B equals C, attitude, behavior, consequence. And it is so simple and it is so effective. At least I can attest to its efficacy because I practice this every single day of my life. And after 31 years, I am touring with the greatest female artist on the planet. I'm still right at the top of the world class. So I do believe that this is the most effective formula and practice that I can recommend to people right now. Great. Wow. Okay. We have a lot to dive into with all that. So first of all, let's talk about shifting, shifting attitude. What would be the foundation of being able to shift or that practice that when we think about, okay, hey, I've read the books, I feel pretty concrete in bringing a positive attitude, but I haven't mastered the shift thing as a leader. How would you speak to that? Well, I can give you a few examples. The reason why Pink calls me Disneyland is because I have constantly reminded, you know, one of the greatest female performers on the planet of the power of gratitude. Now, I know a lot of people understand and have practiced gratitude, but gratitude unto itself is an actual attitude shift because if you consciously jump into a zone of gratitude, then you automatically focus on what you've got, your assets, your money in the bank, the fuel in the tank, the solutions, the wins, the successes. And unfortunately, many people spend their time in just the opposite sort of MO, which is scarcity, in which you're focusing on the problems and the challenges. Now, I was told by a leading psychiatrist that we can't have a positive and negative conscious thought at the same time. I'll repeat that again. You can't have a positive, conscious, and negative thought at the same time. That means if you are consciously shifting to something that is desirable, then fear, worry, anxiety cannot coexist. So attitude is a very quick shift for me because when you're focusing on attitude, you're focusing on everything that you're grateful for. And you literally, like, you direct your mind. I look at us as we have the power over our minds. We are not our minds. And that's a big misconception of most people. So by shifting your attitude consciously to something that's desirable, you are actually taking control of your mind or programming your mind to move from, as an example, an attitude of scarcity to an attitude of abundance. And gratitude is so immediate and is so effective. I guarantee it. If anybody tries it, whether you're a CEO in middle management or whether you're just having a challenging relationship, you can always find things for which you're grateful. And that really does shift you into a space of solutions and success as opposed to what you're lacking. So that's one example. Another one that I use, which is very simple, which some people might have heard, but it's very effective, is looking at things instead of like you have to do them, that you get to do them. I've had that experience so many times in my life with anything from mundane taking out the trash to needing to write a proposal or write an outline for a client about a speech. You know, if I look at it like it's a chore, then I have to do it. If I look at it like it's a choice, I get to do it. And have to feels like the effect, whereas get to feels like the cause. And I have gotten thousands of emails from people talking about how this simple little shift, and it's not just semantics, has actually changed people's lives. 
So I, I will say that is wonderful. And just, I hope for all of the leaders listening today, if you've kind of been struggling with that place of kind of the ups and downs, the peaks and valleys, things are frustrating. Like this simple technique to focus on gratitude is, you know, unlocks a complete shift. Absolutely. Thanks so much for that, Mark. Okay. So the, let's talk about this A times B equals C methodology. Can you illustrate a workplace that embraces this methodology well? How are they different? Well, we not only have the power to shift our own attitudes, we have the power to shift others' attitudes. A CEO could simply explain this very simple concept so people are aware of it. And then people can sort of call each other on negative attitudes <laughs> and be, be sort of notaries and witnesses for each other. But what I have discovered is every decision that any customer makes or any employee makes begins with their attitude. So even if you have core values as an example, it's their attitude about those core values that's going to drive desirable behavior and more powerful outcomes. So understanding that as a CEO, you have the power to shift attitudes in others, then you know that you have the power to drive different behavior and actually produce different consequences and results. That's really powerful because I think that a lot of us, even CEOs, believe that they, we, don't, we do not have that power. But understanding that every decision we make <laughs> begins with our attitude about the decision we're going to make, it's incredibly important and quite doable, especially when you explain it to people and how simple it really is. You know, what I didn't say about gratitude is um, it's, it's easy to focus on gratitude when things are going well, but it is the most effective to focus on it in challenging times because we can't have a positive and negative conscious thought at the same time. Like an example, before every pink show, we have a little prayer circle and it becomes like this big gratitude celebration. So I tell my clients, look at gratitude like it's a party, like it's a rock and roll celebration. Imagine being in this prayer circle with pink and we're celebrating everything for which we're grateful. And as a team, it empowers us. We actually go on stage and we perform better. And then I take it a step further because I'm such a nerd when it comes to gratitude and I really love it. I will sit on stage when I'm not drumming, when the dancers are doing a dance routine or there's a, a film going on, and I'll think of three people or three things for which I'm grateful. And it just puts a big old shift-eating <laughs> grin on my face. <laughs> and I perform better because I feel empowered by it. It's doing simple little things that can empower you. You know, I love Tony Robbins when he talks about doing an immediate, like you, you do an immediate physical shift because you change your physical state, then you can change your emotional state. That's what shifting your attitude is. It's doing, it's literally changing your state like that. It's a decision you make. I'm going to shift my attitude and it is that fast. And when I work with some of my audiences, like I talk about the fact that uh, I was about to have some surgery and I was freaking out when I was lying on that gurney. And I was thinking to myself, I was just really scared because they were going to put, put me under. And I don't know how many other control freaks there are out there. I imagine if you're a CEO, you're a control freak. But I hate the thought of being put under, right? It scares the crap out of me. So I thought, all right, I got to create an immediate attitude shift. So I did the last thing in the world that I wanted to do. I actually forced myself to smile. And it was so fake at first. It was like I was pulling up the corners of my mouth with wire. But after about five seconds, the fake smile turned real. And I could literally feel my body calm down, my mind clear up, and my heart slow down because it was a shift that I created. And come to find out, I was reading in Malcolm Gladwell's book, Bliss, that these, these doctors did a scientific experiment in which they determined that 
our emotions not only affect our facial expressions, but our facial expressions literally can affect our emotions. And I know it sounds corny, but I tell people, you know, just put a big old smile on your face. Yeah, huge. Okay, so I have a new tagline. Gratitude catapults empowerment. I love it. <laughs> okay, so hey, Mark, I'm guessing you're an advocate for training and coaching for employees. So coach our listeners who are leaders for a minute on the important components of attitude and behavior training, especially the reiteration of training. Because there's so many times that, you know, we bring in an annual training program and, you know, we just expect everybody to just grasp this and good to go, you know. So just the important components of building a, a training and coaching program to help our people with their attitude and behavior. And then how often? I say it's always good to have a notary or a witness. So the concept of simply shifting your attitude is a very, very easy, simple thing to sort of embrace, to know that you have that capability of doing it. So I would say certainly pair people up. And at the end of each day, maybe for a week or for two weeks, check each other, check each other on your attitude shifts, talk about it, or check each other halfway through the day. So you have a, a buddy, a pal who can actually, you can correspond with about the success you've had with your attitude shifts. One of the attitude shifts that I absolutely love, I think I spoke of earlier is shifting your have tos to get tos. That is something that you can absolutely check each other on. And what I suggest to people when I give my seminars is your next workday, the entire day, every single time you think of something you have to do, I want you to shift it to a get to. And I want you to play that out in your mind about how your behavior and consequences may change. You know, for some people, it's slight. For some people, it's a complete game changer. If you want to combine that with one of the other attitude shifts, you put a big smile on your face and you say, I get to do this and that. And if you really think about it, you will then never think about that particular activity the same way again. You've literally just evolved. These are tricks. And I think that it's important that we have notaries and witnesses for what we do. So that's my suggestion is with any program is that you're, you know, you're checking each other and you're having discussions about it. And you're really going into detail about the success you've had when you've consciously shifted an attitude and the behavioral differences you notice, you write it down if you like, and the consequences as a result. Because there are very few philosophies that I know of that you can really change or alter the outcomes that quickly. So the idea is staying as conscious as you can. And that's why I believe having a partner, having a buddy, having a notary or a witness can really confirm and allow, allow you to really discuss the successes and the wins associated with the attitude shifts. Really good stuff. So let me try this out on you. I've been off my game on working out lately. So I have to go work out. Like I was telling my friend earlier today, I'm like, can you call me by the end of the day and make sure that I take a break and I figure out how to get to the gym? Okay, here's the deal. I'm like thinking about it as you're talking. I get to go to the gym. Like I have an amazing gym like that I belong to. It's beautiful. It smells wonderful. You know, all of these things. And I have physical health to walk myself in there and go push myself as hard as I can to get my body in better shape. And so then you, you know, what does that tie into? It's almost like not only is that shifting my attitude about it, but also complete gratitude for all of these wonderful things that surround that. So I will be at the gym today and I'm going to be happy about it with a smile on my face. So thank you. But see how you embraced it? That's exactly it. It's that simple. It really is. It's just 
shifting your viewpoint, where you're looking from, how you see things. I want to shift into peak performance. So you advocate for peak performance. I know you're speaking on that a lot. When you say peak performance, what does that mean to you? Peak performance means performing at the best of your ability at that time in your life, at that moment. So you really feel like you have given it your all. I use the example, I talk about how Billy Idol was talking about his early experiences in performing. And he said, you know, may I get on stage and I would sing every single note like my life depended on it. I'd sing every single note like it was the last note I would ever sing. And I thought, wow. I said, I never looked at my performance that way, but what if I did? And that's when I realized that for the top performers, it's not just about what we play, it's about how we play it. And then I determined from that that for me, every single note matters. Every nuance matters because for the rock star performers, there are no small moments. Every detail is critical. And if every note matters, then I attach a sense of purpose to every note. And if I attach a sense of purpose to every note, I'm driving more passion and the passion feeds the purpose and the purpose feeds the passion. So the whole top performance gig becomes incredibly enjoyable and I just use that rock and roll metaphor because it's true. When I get on stage with Pink, every single note matters. How the hell else do you think I could play So What over 700 times <laughs> and, and have it feel have just as much passion and purpose as the first time? And speaking of the first time, I played with Foreigner on and off for 25 years. And I remember sitting on stage, we're about to start the show, thinking to myself, oh my God, I'm about to play. Feels like the first time over hundreds of times. It's like God's big joke, right? But then I looked closer, I looked at the audience and I realized, oh, wait a minute, for most of these people, it is their first time. So how dare I deprive them of a first time experience when I can recreate it for myself? And so that's what I do. I recreate the first time experience with every note by paying attention to every detail and having a sense of purpose and passion about every single note. I love that. Intentional. Just it's like everything is intentional. And I just, I love living that way. So, hey, Mark, this show is all about helping leaders tackle one of the biggest challenges in the marketplace today called employee disengagement. Unfortunately, 73% of employees fall in this category. So it doesn't mean that necessarily those 73 are, you know, completely disengaged. They could have just be satisfied going through the motions, but they're not engaged, right? So, or why do you think employee engagement is so hard for leaders in today's world? world? Yeah, that's a very challenging question that I've thought about quite a bit. I think that it's lack of empathy, lack of resonance. I believe that as a CEO, if you're creating points of resonance and points of true empathy, like you really understand, you really want to know by communicating even more, because, you know, we think so much about customer service. What about employee service? How can you be of service to the employees? How can you show them how much they matter and how much you really care, either through rewards or communication or even through simply getting everybody together and teaching them about ABC as an example? Give them value. You know, the more value we create for anybody else, the more they're going to want to be with us, be employed by us, hire us. I mean, if I don't create value when I get on stage, when I speak, I could tell all the great stories in the world, but if they don't have value to the audience, if they don't walk away with takeaways, 
then I ain't worth it. I could be the coolest rock star dude on the planet. So create value, create empathy, create resonance, find out, ask questions, and really care. Because, you know, we've all been raised in different generations. So we all have different opinions and different prejudices. Remember, every single person sees the world through their lens of the prejudices that they have. So their attitude and viewpoint is not the same as yours. So the ability to assume somebody else's viewpoint is so valuable. So if you can really assume their viewpoint, then you will find the points and the reasons for disengagement. Then you can create engagement. You can create resonance. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, for whatever reasons, is it because, you know, there's so many different technologies now, you know, five generations in the workplace, whatever that might be. I feel like we lack building relationships with people. You know, we we do what we need to do to check the box to be a manager and make sure people are on task. But, okay, do we know them? Like, and at the core of that, like, what brings them to work? Why are they they there? You know, if you look at an assessment tool, we all have different profiles. We we take these assessments. It helps us understand ourselves. Same thing for why do we work? Everybody comes for different reasons. And everyone comes from, you, you look at your whole circle of life and work is one of those, but we all wear different hats. And I think it just breaks down. And I, you were reiterating this is, you know, the empathy and the, you know, being of service to someone else. It's like, let's break this down and just be really simple. You've done that really well today, Mark. Like, let's just make this simple. Here's the simple takeaway, build relationships. You know, I wanted to ask you if you could sit across from a struggling CEO right now and give him or her your best advice to drive employee engagement in their company, building a peak performing team, what would be their greatest takeaways from that conversation with you? I would say make it about them as opposed to you. So they really understand that it's about them and it's sincere. Like assume their viewpoint. Figure out how to assume their viewpoint, find points of resonance, points of commonality, so you can really understand and connect. I mean, on the Pink Tour, we have 225 people. On stage alone, the the age span on stage is 40 years. We have just about every race, just about every color, just about every religion. We find points of resonance and points of relatability with each other, even though we have completely different backgrounds. I'm talking about the band, the singers, and the dancers. And then, of course, uh, Pink herself, Alicia. And then all the crew people. So the idea is to find as much resonance, as much connection, and you'll see Pink going into catering, waiting in line like everybody else, sitting down, talking to the third carpenter or one of the truck drivers. She's not special. I mean, she doesn't treat herself that way. She cares so much about just literally communicating and honestly wants to know, honestly is truly empathetic. It's authentic. She's the same way with her audience. She lies down to sign people's autographs. She climbs in the audience to, you know, to, to give people hugs. I mean, she goes the extra mile. Pink is the CEO. She's the boss. And one of the reasons why she is the most successful art, female artist of the year globally, the highest grossing, is because people recognize that about her. They recognize that she is really willing to give of herself. She, she's full disclosure. It's like, don't be afraid to be yourself, to be authentic, and to show your emotion and show your vulnerability, even as CEO, because I think so many people are. But I think the CEOs that are willing to do that, they're going to create a, a stronger 
bit of empathy with the employees because the employees are going to feel like, wow, I matter. Yeah. I think you just segued that so beautifully. So if we as leaders are doing a regular accountability check-in session with ourselves or, you know, with a colleague and saying, okay, am I showing up in an authentic way? What am I doing to be more transparent? And am I practicing vulnerability? I think, you know, we can try to build relationships with people all day, but if those three things aren't at play, the relationship isn't going to be real. It's not going to happen. Right. And so I'm just going to say, like, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, you know, you and I are you know, living some lives of we really love the work that we get to do. And they, these teams that were, you know, around, we're building these fabulous relationships with. And I think people will be quick to leave if they don't have a relationship. So they've got a relationship and they feel connected. It's it's much harder to leave. So. This is so such a great show, Mark. It was really a gift to spend this time with you today talking and learning from you. Thank you for your mentorship. We're going to take a quick break, Mark. Come back for just a couple minutes because we want to learn a little bit more about you with what we call our lightning round. So we're going to take a quick sponsor break and we'll be right back. Are you still using Pulse surveys? How about annual questionnaires? If your organization relies on either of these, it's time to discover Amplify. Amplify has created a new way to measure employee engagement. It's where CEOs who want to know what's really happening within a workforce go to get honest feedback and to understand what needs to change for people to love their work. Companies that have used Amplify have increased productivity by as much as 30% in just three months. Best of all, it's not just data that Amplify provides. Executives get hands-on coaching with engagement specialists, people who know exactly what to do with the data. To see their latest research on employee engagement, visit Amplify.com. All right. Welcome back to Gut Plus Science. We're here with Mark Schulman. Been a great show. Um, Mark, just a couple of quick questions for you of uh, recommendations that you can share about yourself for our listeners today. So first one is I'm going to ask you to pick one book. What one book would you recommend to our listeners today? Oh, wow. Well, a book I just read, it's called Four by Scott Galloway. It's the hidden DNA of Amazon, Apple, Facebook, and Google. Uh, and it's astounding. It's just, it just gives astounding revelations about these companies. So that's kind of my current favorite. I like reading um, these types of books. I like also reading sort of books on finance. And uh, I'm about to start uh, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a F. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Asterisk CK. <laughs> haven't read that yet, but a lot of people have recommended that. So, man, I think anything, anything that, that, that inspires and uplifts is really important. Hey, Mark, what's your favorite vacation spot? anything tropical, but I think, I think Kauai is my favorite place on the planet. Okay. Beautiful place. How about a favorite hobby when you're not working? Well, it's so funny. I, I don't know that I have hobbies. I think my hobby has become my nine-year-old daughter and my wife, you know, just anything we can do together. I work out, but I don't, I mean, I got certified for diving, but I haven't dove in a long time. So I have really like created a lot of hobbies because I love what I do. So my, my hobbies become part of my engagement in my work, like writing the, writing this book, I do, you know, on the side because I don't have a lot of time to do it full time with, with Dr. Jim. Yeah, I'd say my family is my hobby. I think that's great. And so, hey, Mark, how can our listeners connect with you after the show today? I invite everybody, as I said earlier, to email me directly at mark at markshulman.com, M-A-R-K-S-C-H-U-L-M-A-N. Go to markshulman.com. You can see a lot of information about my speaking, about my books, about my philosophies, I'm on LinkedIn. I love to connect with people on LinkedIn. It's uh, I'm on uh, Twitter and Insta, and that's at Marky Planet, M-A-R-K-Y-P-L-A-N-E-T. And I think you'll find me through there. And if you find me, I'll respond. 
I said, it might take me a while, but I will respond. Yeah. Awesome. And Mark, I wanted to tie something in right before we uh, say goodbye here. I've got a quote that when this show started, so about 60... 60-ish episodes ago, um, I started with like really why this show is here and why I do what I do. And I, um, it just popped in my mind. If you don't know this quote, like you're one of the closest people that I know based on what you've shared and what I've learned of you that like really lives this. So I have a feeling you've heard this quote. If you haven't, you'll probably love it. So here's how it goes. The master in the art of living makes little distinction between his work and his play, his labor and his leisure, his mind and his body, his information and his recreation, his love and his religion. He hardly knows which is which. He simply pursues his vision of excellence at whatever he does, leaving others to decide whether he is working or playing. To him, he is always doing both. That's a James Michener quote. I, ha- I have read that. It's been a while, but I have read that. And that's, that is kind of how I feel. But I also really, I, the, the, the only way I would change it for myself is that I really do make a big separation between my family and my work. When I'm on family time, I'm not on work time. And when I call my family, I don't talk about my work. They don't even ask me about my work. I ask my daughter about her day, my wife about her day. So that's the only distinction that I truly make. But other than that, I completely agree with what Mitchner says. And my quote is my my quote that I have on my uh, I don't know my website or somewhere that is so simple, but I truly believe it is just dream your life and live your dreams. So now our truth you can act on. There was so much in this episode, so good, but they're like core, just uh, foundational principles that are just awesome. So number one, I've actually been trying this out since this episode. We can shift our attitude in minutes. So number one is we can shift our attitude in minutes. Remember how? Gratitude. Gratitude is the foundation for shifting. So anything can happen, you know, terrible interaction with someone, you know, someone cuts you off in traffic, you get into an argument, you can take just a couple of minutes and start to list off the things that you're grateful for or meditate for a few minutes and just focus on gratitude and it will shift you in seconds. So I've been talking to people about that, been doing it myself. It's a wonderful reminder. Number two, remember Mark's principle of attitude times behavior equals consequence. So reflect on that in your current life scenario. Think about it. Enhance your life. So how do you do that? Well, work on your attitude and work on your behaviors. If you're getting better in your attitude and better in your behaviors, ultimately you're going to live a better life. That ultimate consequence, right? Really good stuff. And I think there's a book coming out by Mark on that topic very soon. So excited to get it. And then number three, as a leader, the key is to be real. The way to be real is to be you. Be authentic, transparent, and vulnerable. True relationships are formed this way, and the relationships are what really influence employee engagement. We talk about that on the show all the time. So showing up as a leader to be the real you. Wonderful reminder. So much stuff. Wonderful in this episode. We'll see you next time on Gut Plus Science. We just left the world a little bit better. Now go do something with it.